back to Wellness Wednesday with me, Siggy Helgeson. I'm glad to be back with you to offer Season 3, Stories from the Pandemic. Together with some of my guests on this podcast, we're going to explore the varied experiences of individuals, couples, families, and teens. We'll hear on this podcast what they've experienced during the pandemic and what they've learned since about themselves, others, the world, and God. Today's guest is Kathleen Fijitakis. She is a self-proclaimed introvert. Now, in this podcast, she talks about overcoming challenges during the pandemic, from jumping into using Zoom as a member of the St. Mark's Choir, to finding new job opportunities during a layoff. Kathleen has worked in healthcare and IT for several decades. She's a physical therapist and has treated outpatients in Tacoma. Currently, Kathleen is an epidemiologist at the Washington State Department of Health, part of the team managing electronic data, exchange of COVID-19 related lab test results. In this podcast, she shares her pandemic story, but she wants to make sure that she has this disclaimer that she's not representing the Department of Health Rather, these are her personal views. So, dear listener, you're in for a treat as we welcome Kathleen. So, we are so excited now to have our next guest, Kathleen Vigitakis, and she is here to tell us about her experience uh, going through this pandemic. So welcome, Kathleen. Thank you. And would you like to just start by sharing a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living and what your what your living situation is? My current job is as an epidemiologist at the State Department of Health. When the pandemic started, I had been in the same job for six years. I was working for a group of uh, pediatricians, some wonderful men and women who treat the children in um, Eastern Pierce County. And I managed all their clinical applications. So I'm one of those people who sits in a room by myself and and helps mastermind a lot of the computer systems that support the physicians out there. And uh, about halfway through the pandemic, the clinic decided to completely um, eliminate their IT department and move to a different business structure. So about halfway through the pandemic, I was laid off. And it made me nervous to go through that process. And the clinic asked me to actually project manage their transition from the software that I was supporting in my job and help them move on to new so- the new software. And it was really, uh, um, it was a quandary because the better I did my job, the faster I lost my job. Mm-hmm. So the the better I helped the physicians move to the new software and be comfortable with it, and the more quickly I helped them do that, the sooner my job would end. Mm. So I really had to sit down and one day, you know, have a talk with myself and go, well, you know, are you in this, you know, what are you in this for? Do you do you do your work to support the physicians and patients out there or 
you know, do you, do you take care of yourself and do, do, you know, do what's best for you? And I made the hard decision to do what was best for the business. And, um, uh, they did successfully move and, uh, they had great attitudes in doing it, which is challenging. And I helped support them through that. So I was really lucky to work with them. And I think that attitude of just trying to do what is best for the larger world out there is maybe what helped me in finding a new job. As part of that existing job, I had been responsible for transferring data daily to the State Department of Health. So statistics on things like um, who's being seen for what diagnoses so they can watch and see if there's other epidemics that are happening. And uh, because I have uh, nerdy skills and I'm very good at doing that, when the State Department of Health um, heard that I was looking for a job, somebody suggested that I apply for a job there and I um, was quickly hired there. It's um, an amazing group of people at an amazing time. I have never seen people work so diligently with such care and so much thought that goes into every day what the people at the State Department of Health are doing. So they very quietly behind the scenes. We're constantly several steps ahead of the epidemic turning into a pandemic um, and throughout the pandemic. And it is truly an honor to be a part of that group of people um, gathering data and presenting data to, um, to the public in a way that people can understand it and see it and make decisions. So Kathleen, give us um, a sense of your your life uh, kind of going through uh, COVID and, and how much of that was really dedicated to this, um, this job and this really a mission. Did it feel like a mission or like a, this purpose? Absolutely. For you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. um, most everybody that I know at, at the Department of Health is is there because they're passionate about public health. I just want to say to you, Kathleen, thank you for being one of those um, people behind the scenes and helping us all out through your work um, with the department. I, we, you know, truly appreciate your service in that way. You're welcome. It's a joy to be able to use my nerdy skills in a way that have such an impact. Uh, and it's a way to give back, whether it's to people I know or people I don't know. Yeah. Um, I am really grateful to St. Mark's for all the support that they provided throughout the pandemic. I've been a member of choir. And uh, when the pandemic started, Cooper was amazing. Um, we continued to practice on Zoom, and uh, when summer time came around, the first summer in 2020, he asked us if we wanted to take a break. And you would think that as choir director, he would want a break from all this work, but we really wanted to continue because it gave us a way to connect. And for me, I felt like my singing and my voice was a way of still giving praise and support to the congregation. So I was really glad to be able to continue to do that and to be part of the music ministry at, at St. Mark's. 
it's really an incredible group of people and an incredible group of musicians. Just it's one of the uh, main reasons I'm here. Yeah. And I'm just curious about that. So you would be at home and you'd be singing from home over Zoom, practicing with this group of people. Yeah, because Amazing. I'm, yeah, because I'm in technology, yeah. um, all the teleworking and um, singing over Zoom, those things are things I've been doing every day for 20 years. Oh. I've I traveled for 10 years. I was on the road, so I'd be on a plane flying across the U.S. to all sorts of hospitals. So I am already very comfortable with all that technology. And frankly, Prior to the pandemic, I was frustrated that other people didn't see the benefit of that technology. Uh, And I was frustrated that there weren't as many telework opportunities out there because there's a lot of work that's suited for that. Uh, So when um, when the pandemic started, I'm part of Rotary and there were a number of people who were older in Rotary. I made sure that I took some of my time, which we all have plenty of time now because we're at home. Mm-hmm. So I took the time to choose the 15 people in my Rotary that I felt would have the hardest time adapting to Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I contacted each of those 15 people and did one-on-ones with them for as long as it took, for as many weeks as it took until they were comfortable using it. The payoff was those people have a really important voice. Mm-hmm. And when we did move to Zoom and Rotary and had our first meeting, we had great participation and and it continued through, and um, those voices still continued to have the opportunity to be heard. Mm-hmm. With choir, it was similar, although um, one thing I learned, I'm, I am not a solo voice. I'm definitely singing a choir for <laughs> good reason, and um, mm-hmm. being at home and recording myself singing, I uh, learned just the... Um, challenges that my voice had so that probably was a a, a unpleasant learning opportunity to learn exactly the deficiency in my voice but um, I think we're we're all very critical of our own voices and watching ourselves back and oh yeah all of that stuff and listening to ourselves yeah yeah I went to um, a few years ago I was went to one of the centrum music camps that they had. It was, I think it was like Fiddle Fest or something like that mm-hmm. in, in uh, Port Townsend. And I had the opportunity to be there with, um, there was a woman in the little church there and she led a, a vocal singing workshop. And so I just happened to be there at the right time and be part of it. Nice. And so I sat down in the little vocal workshop and I'm like, okay, where's my music, right? Because I'm used to a hymnal or a music. And then I read my read my music and everything. So she did hand out music and we looked at it and then we started singing. And after just a few measures, one of the men stopped her and he's like, well, wait a minute, you know, you need to, you need to tell us, you know, where are we on the paper and how, you know, how should I sing this? Let me write down how you want to sing it. And she looked at him and she just smiled for a minute. And she said, put the paper down, sing for the joy of singing. Sing for the joy of singing. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. So I always remember that, and I hope that everybody in the congregation, whether you have a voice that has challenges like mine, or whether you have a beautiful voice like Cooper, that we all sing together and just sing for the joy of singing. That's such a great reminder. And as we weren't able to be in person 
for worship and that for so long during that time, because of the danger of uh, spreading the virus, not able to sing together, it what you said feels even more um, critical. Mm-hmm. Like we remember just what a joy it is to sing. Yeah. And, and now to be able to do that together in person. Mm-hmm. Even though it worked over Zoom, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, when I went back to Ohio, too, m- one of my closest uncles had passed away during the pandemic, and his funeral was last week. And so uh, when I was there, I went to his funeral. It was the first time I had been inside a church mm-hmm. in close to two years. Mm-hmm. And he was also part of choir, so their choir was there, and mm-hmm. they were— um, saying some beautiful songs and so I can say that the emotional intensity of being at this funeral remembering my wonderful uncle he was a wonderful man um, remembering him that intensity was just increased by the fact it was the first time that I was in a church singing with a choir Um, just that feeling of letting my voice out there was just so um, I don't even have a word for it see I don't have a word for it but I do see your face light up when you talk about it, mm-hmm. the joy. Yeah. And as far as dealing with the isolation of the pandemic, I, I just have to compliment you, Siggy, and everybody at St. Mark's for really helping with that. <clears throat> I really enjoy doing crafts at home, and I'm sure many of you out there do, too. Um, and all these people, I, I am I. The beauty of these quilts that I'm looking at, I just... Uh, can't explain to you, but the colors are just stunning. Um, Just so you know, we're recording from the uh, basement of St. Mark's where the quilts are stored. We are in the quilting room. It has become now the podcast (laughs) studio. (laughs) So go ahead, Kathleen. (laughs) So um, uh, at one point I was doing crafts. I was in choir. I was working way more than full time. Uh, I was having regular Zoom with friends. I was participating in Rotary, but in case you can't tell, I like having a lot going on. And so with all that going on, I felt lonely and disconnected, (laughs) believe it or not. So I uh, pulled out the, the bridge came to me through my email and I said, you know what? You feel lonely. Look at the bridge. It's filled with things to do. So I forced myself to sign up for a number of things from... Uh, working with Pastor Rude on the um, on the newcomers um, group and um, and Siggy's um, Wednesday and Thursday meetings at night. I would never ever have participated in those. <laughs> never. I'm too introverted, uh, and so uh, I became uh, uh, not lonely uh, and not isolated through St. Mark's offering those opportunities and uh, the generosity of and kindness with which you led all those um, meetings. Well, thank you. And I just want to say you were a, a lovely participant in our, in our wellness, uh, our emotional wellness group. And um, so I'm so glad that you took opportunity yeah. to be there. Met some great people. Yeah. Through it. Really, yeah. really remember their stories and enjoyed meeting them. And we get to meet in person now on Wednesday nights. We do wellness walks, and uh, we're in the beauty of um, the 
Peninsula Dune Park, which I had never been to before. So you got me out to that park and walking and uh, meeting some women I really admire. Well, I am just thinking about all of your, the things that you've been sharing, Kathleen, and just remembering, you know, some of those feelings of going through, um, you know, not uh, being able to gather and and feeling um, like I'm doing these things, but I'm still feeling, I'm still feeling lonely. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about, um, you know, what was what was the kind of the hardest thing for you or the the challenge uh, challenges during this time where you were? Well, I'm an introvert. So uh, when the state shut down, I had already started isolating myself because I read the public health broadcasts. Mm -hmm. And so I um, I felt that shutting down was a really good thing. And I mm -hmm. um, uh, um, engaged in that prior to the governor um, mandating it. Um, so shutting down for me was easier. And I, I heard someone, I know a lobbyist who works at the state, and, and she said, shutting down isn't the hard part. The tricky part is bringing everything back open. And how do you do that safely? How do you do that equitably? Mm -hmm. And for me as an introvert, shutting down was easy. That came naturally to me, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know if um, anyone else out there is an introvert too. You know, for example, when I walk down the street and someone's coming towards me and they go to the other side of the street to, you know, keep their distance... I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so don't be offended if Kathleen goes on the other side. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so. this is so important to uh, to keep in mind. And I think you're absolutely right. Like opening up again has its challenges. What be, it, besides the meeting somebody on the street, are there other challenges with with the opening up piece so opening back up um each each new thing i engaged in was a challenge for me and i had to really think it through and then create a safe place for me to re-engage in it i had been working out at the y um four times a week mm -hmm. prior to the shutdown and really, really wanted to get back to the pool and do that. So that was my first goal. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that the why and the other businesses around having made so much effort to make sure that people were comfortable. When you compare it, uh, keep in mind, I had already started isolating myself before the governor did, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was going How much to before? Sorry, Kathleen, mm -hmm. I just want to... Probably two or three weeks before okay, I, I had okay. started, uh -huh. um, before he completely shut down. Mm -hmm. So I remember going to Walgreens, and there were just people just all crunched together in line. And mm -hmm. um, and so after the governor and um, the Department of Health and the local health jurisdictions have done all their education, now there's people expect and give each other space. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we can um, we have the tools that we need. We have the knowledge that we need. We can choose to engage in those. So 
throughout the pandemic, seeing that learning going on um, for me and everybody else was really nice. So when it comes to the businesses opening up, them having that knowledge and them engaging in those activities and making sure they're communicating. And um, and St. Mark's was great in doing a lot of uh, polling of us and asking our opinions. So those those really helped me transition back to um, back into the businesses. I cannot tell you the joy I felt. You know, I felt extreme trepidation going back to the why and going into those locker rooms that, you know, beforehand, I'm sure, you know, have uh, bacteria and then um, going through them now um, and then going into the pool. But the minute I was able to get back into the water, it was like uh, just being refreshed and renewed and the joy of being able to move in the water again was amazing. Uh, I just had to take a plane flight to uh, to go to the funeral, and that was my first plane flight. And, uh, oh, I'd say at least five friends, if not more, know how nervous I was because I know that one of the best things we can do for ourselves when we're stressed is to reach out to friends and ask for support. And uh, I did that liberally because I needed so much support. So I made it onto the plane. And then once I was on the plane and back in that routine, I had been in for 10 years of being on a plane every week. um, I was able to um, pretty quickly calm down and start trusting the process around me. It helped, too. My younger sister works in a Walmart. So here I'm working in a tele, telework job where I'm at home. Nobody's around me. I, I could go 24, 48 hours literally without seeing a person. Mm-hmm. And my younger sister is an essential worker, did the incredible work of going every day out into the pandemic and out amongst everybody and knowing that she had to risk her health so that other people could come to Walmart and buy things. So I have, I have great respect for her, and it really she did catch COVID. Um, she, her boyfriend did catch COVID. She did decide to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And um, when I saw her at the funeral, my older sister, we were we were somewhere. My older sister was like starting to mask up and everything. And my younger sister's just like, I'm around hundreds of people a day. We legally we don't need to mask up here. It's OK. Yeah. So it helped to be around someone who was more comfortable had been out and had been out in in the world um, mm-hmm. following the following the rules and doing what she needed to protect herself mm-hmm. but also um, n- knowing when it's it's time to reengage and mm-hmm. and participate again well just now as we're um, starting to uh, move back into being able to be together in person and things are opening up. Is there anything that you're um, looking forward to the most that you've missed? Um, I look forward to singing in choir again, Mm -hmm. having um, sopranos and altos and tenors and basses surrounding me Mm -hmm. and lifting me up with the music and um, allowing my mediocre voice to blend with some of the stellar voices that are also in choir. Uh, that will be an incredible joy to do. Oh, yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, that That is something I look forward to, too, singing 
together and just having been in worship in person just for a couple Sundays, that um, communal singing is, yeah, like you said, you appreciate it so much more. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's something so universal about it. Yeah. The yeah. pandemic itself is incredibly universal. You can meet someone from Germany, someone from Australia, someone from um, Somalia, and we all have this shared experience now. Mm-hmm. So that's very universal. Mm-hmm. Music is another universal like that, yeah. where we all have our music and it's something we can all share. Yeah probably something more fun to talk about and share too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, just as we um uh end this time together, I'm just wondering if you have any any other thoughts or wisdom to share or things that you've gleaned um as you kind of cont- as we kind of continue to process this, but any any things that you might want to share about uh what you've learned or I would um, encourage people to get vaccinated mm-hmm. I would encourage people to find common ground and chat with those about around you and care about those around you and uh, I would be very grateful for St. Mark's and all they've done to carry us through this pandemic and the wonderful things that I'm sure will continue to happen here. Well, thank you very much, Kathleen. It's so good to have you here and to be able to talk in person. You're welcome. Thank you. And now a blessing for Kathleen and all those who are singers and sewers. Kathleen, you entered the pandemic paying attention before most of us did for the need to physically distance and isolate. You quickly realized as the world around began to catch up and began to close up that you could quickly pivot to working from home. Even as an introvert, This amount of isolation was too much, and you began to take advantage of the online resources for worship, support groups, and choir all became a part of your routine. Especially through online choir, you discovered that it's not the quality of your singing that counts, but that you you remember to sing just for the joy of it. In the Psalms, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Joy being the key word. Through the pandemic, you didn't ever lose that joy, even through losing a job. You soon gained a new one and began to sew a new patch onto the quilt of your life. So, here is a blessing for all the singers and sewers and unsung heroes. Thank you to the ones who stayed up late and woke up early to do research and nerdy things that helped to keep us informed and safer during the pandemic. To those on the front lines who worked behind the scenes doing research for a vaccine 
gathering data, contact tracing, those who miss spending time with their own families to work in hospitals and clinics, to all of the unsung heroes behind the scenes, you made up a quilt of many colors and textures that wrapped us all up and helped us through this time. And to all of the voices that are less than perfect but sing out with exuberant joy, together we can lift one another up and with one voice create a joyful noise. To all singers, sewers, and unsung heroes, thank you. May you be blessed as you do the nerdy jobs that keep us all a little safer and more joyful. Thanks again for listening. Join us again next week for an interview with Anjali Stallnecker as she talks about her experience with having COVID-19. As always, we want to thank Cody Schumann for the excellent editing and production of this podcast. Music